Hi everyone. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to take a moment to give you the heads up that the second half of our episode today covers some pretty difficult topics. They were difficult to uh, discuss. I'm sure they will be difficult for some listeners to hear. And it's pretty out of character for this podcast. So uh, I didn't want you all to be blindsided by it. Uh, We cover uh, a number of traumas that are in my past and the story is relevant to running and why I want to go and finish 100 miles. It speaks a lot to my why and um, what I get out of running. Um, But also how running has oddly forced me to confront those traumas. So uh, it's a good listen. Um, Understand if it's uh, their topics that you can't um you know uh expose yourself to though and uh so i wanted to give you that warning the that discussion you'll know we it's in i don't have an exact time stamp um but if when you start hearing us talk about my daughter um that is where uh that discussion really starts um this is a good time to remind everyone that if you or a loved one is dealing with mental health issues or um, addiction, that there is help out there. Uh, for those of you in the United States, um, you can reach out to SAMHSA's national hotline 24-7. That is, their phone number is 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Um, Thank you for listening, and uh, please enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode of You Said 100 Miles. I'm your host, Bob, and uh, joining me today, as always, Sass. Hello, hello, hello. And uh, that's the show we're going. No. Okay, uh, that was fun. Wow. That was fun. It was a good time. Okay, good times. Everybody have a great, uh, great June. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're this because of the nature of the show and because we're not going to do like we're we're not planning to go indefinitely. Like I feel like we can get away with doing some of those stupid bits that are for sure been done a billion times because we only get one opportunity to do it. We only get the one move here. Like you got to let us have the fun while we can. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um so uh I think we're going to have a a pretty packed episode today. And, um, we, so, um, we're now 43 days out from the Badger. But who's counting? But who's counting? Um, and we'll be, uh, you know, hopefully I'll have this episode up within a day or two. So that number will be pretty accurate. (laughs) Uh, of course, whenever you listen to this, um, 
you know, who hopefully I will be done and finished or, uh, the last members of humanity. This is the They're, only thing this they is, have. From this the is what they before. have. Somehow you said you said 100 miles survives everything. <laughs> they have to piece together the entirety of Western civilization from this podcast. Good luck. <laughs> oh, the, there, there's a good story right there. They're in for a tra- They must have just loved running our ancestors. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my, yeah. Um. God, the art that people would make about us, Bob. Because it would just be our voices. It's true. I bet we'd get statues. Yes. Oh. There, oh, if it hasn't, I'm sure it's been written already, but if someone hasn't written the story of the lone surviving podcast <laughs> that um, just completely, like in like the archaeology that revolves around it, and they think we're gods. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I don't care what you make. The future generations, this is your goddess sass. <laughs> I don't care what you make the statue out of, so long as you put your heart and soul and only one to two human sacrifices in it. Thank you for your time. And she needs to be wearing hokas. 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 Have we brought them up enough that you now understand the important things that I should be wearing? (laughs) The marble version of me. (laughs) Uh. Oh, jeez. So one thing I want to get out of the way... um, early here is uh in i i almost i hesitate to bring it up but i know we've talked about it on the show before um and uh so i don't want it to to get the questions of like what happened um so we talk, uh, it came up a while ago that um there is this fake rivalry um, between me and uh, Geo, Bob, for God's sakes, I was like, "Oh my God, what's happened? What did we? Did we get an angry letter?" <laughs> <laughs> no, we did not get an angry letter. But this is probably because no one knows how to reach us. Ah, uh, thank God, and that's not going to change. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's it's a bummer. Um, but it's not going to happen, and uh, I. I won't go into the details, but, um, it, you know, it's just a personal decision. Nothing bad happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good then. Good then. Yeah. He, he just needed, uh, just said he needs to focus on other things right now. And, uh, so, um, basically, you know, I win by default. Yeah. That is how that works. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. I, I do like winning. Um, that would be like if at the Olympics, all the other countries didn't show up. So you just got handed the gold and the silver and the bronze. I like it. I love it. You just carry all the hardware. That could be, I mean, if they ever make a sports movie about me, that's what I want the plot to be. (laughs) And then it's just me walking around the Olympic village wearing all three medals. There you go. Oh, that would be good. Each time I tell the story of my victories, the story changes. Yes. Be great. Absolutely. So, um, sad to see, uh, sad that we won't see you there, Gio, but, um, you know, uh, I, I think it, it, it is, a uh, you know, I'm glad that you made the right decision for you and to take care of the stuff you need to take care of and would look forward to seeing you out on the trail. Um, another time, maybe I'll get out to, uh, his neck of the woods and do some running. Very nice. I, I would, I would much like that. Um, so <laughs> moving on, um, there's been a lot of activity in the last month since we uh, last sat down. Uh, I went and volunteered at the Sugar Badger, uh, which was a grand time. Um, 
so I, I was working the turnaround. So mm-hmm. the Sugar Badger is a 52-mile race. That's up in Wisconsin, yeah? Yeah, it's... Okay. It's... um. The it takes place. It's a very similar. Tra- it's it shares a lot of the trail that the badger does, um, except there's a turn after that, and then it goes on what's called the sh- um, I think it's the Sugar River Trail, mm. and um, it goes out for I don't know ten twelve miles and then comes back. So, but it it's more or less very similar to the to the badger. I um, really held back from making some dumb fucking joke about like is the sugar badger sweeter. Like, I almost did it, but I was like, don't do that. <laughs> Why? Do that. All right, Bob, is the sugar badger sweeter? Yes, it is. Aww. And there's hot dogs. Ooh. Uh, and there was a hot dog. So I did I did the entire, uh, my whole volunteer shift in hot dog costume. <laughs> That's what that photo on Instagram was. Yes. I thought you ran in that, and I was oh. like, Bob. <laughs> Yes, I did. You ran in that? Oh my god! So after after I did my volunteer shift, um, I paced uh, uh, a a f- uh, friend from the nation uh, from Hollywood to the finish. So it's about nine miles, and uh, I definitely wore the hot dog costume for that as well. Was that unbearably hot? It looks like that would be very uh, kind of polyester. Too bad. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I don't know if anybody remembers this commercial, but it's Mayhem, and he's like, I'm a hot babe out jogging. And he's basically in a suit. It's a guy in a suit with, like, pink wristbands and little mm-hmm. pink weights. And I was in a 5K once where somebody dressed as him to run. Nice. Which I'm sure it looked amazing. Uh, it was really funny at the beginning. By the end, I saw him, and he was just, like, drenched in sweat. Yeah. Suit's not great for run- running, but, sir, I will always remember you for that <laughs> amazing decision. <laughs> um. So, uh, that... Yeah. Oh, we, oh, running in costume is just great. I mean, that was like when oh, I went to fun. Disney, I did the four races and I did a different costume each day, mm-hmm. um, which was great fun. Uh, yeah, your photos looked amazing and that looked like a lot of fun. It was. It was. Um, especially the one kid who got the Mabel costume. Hey, Gravity Falls. And, sh- and yelled grappling hook. <laughs> and I was like, Yes. <laughs> This guy gets it. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so, yeah, I, the Sugar Badger was a lot of fun. Uh, volunteering is very, very rewarding. Um, and I would like to do more of it in general. And um, it was it was pretty incredible standing at the turnaround because we got – so we got the first – the, the, the the first place runner who ended up winning the race hit us in like under three hours. Um, Mm. which means he ran a marathon in under three hours and then he ran back at that pace. And he ended up fitting his last two miles were under six minute miles. I just, it's bonkers. Sir, is your heart, is it made of flesh and blood? Is I mean, did a god come down at some point and be like, I gave you three wishes. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be really good at running. He was like, all right. <laughs> there you go. But it was really cool because that guy, his um, his brother was running the Sugar Badger as well, and it was his brother's first 50. Oh, so nice. after he finished, he went back to Hollywood to cheer on his brother. 
and that's um that was really cool um so sugar badger was a great time uh and it was just great to see people and uh to hang out with people that you know i've i've come to know in the running community and you know i think that's one of the things that i you know i like about the trail running um above uh road running is that the community aspect of it is a lot stronger you know um i have a lot of friends in my local running club and uh you know, I, I love seeing them. I love hanging out with them. I love running with them, but I don't know many people outside of my running club in road running Mm. per se, but all the people I know in trail running, I just know from seeing them at races and, um, talking to them, uh, on Slack and through the Facebook groups. And, uh, that's really pretty cool. And, I think one of the things that I've I've come to learn about the whole thing is that that community aspect of it is really important for me, mm-hmm. and and makes a and is what keeps drawing me back to it. Like like I'm pondering um, signing up for the guaranteed entry spot, or so for for New York Marathon. They've got a thing going where if you do the virtual race this year, you can get a guaranteed entry for the following year's in-person marathon. Okay. Now, mostly that just means paying, you know, 150 bucks, 180 bucks um, mm-hmm. this year and then the full entry next year. So it's kind of a buy your way in. Yeah, um, still. But... Don't you buy your way into most races? <laughs> most, but not all. There most, are races, but not all. Most there are races okay. you cannot buy your way into. Um, and it's, but I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, you know, it'll be fun. And we're talking about going as a run, cl- you know, a bunch of, a couple of people in the run club. So I would look forward to that. But then I think about like, if I do that, then that means I can't, you know, I'm really not going to be able to do like some fun trail stuff mm-hmm. the next fall. And, um, that is, that's kind of a, a big mental block. And, you know, I think about like, Oh, I want to go race. Um, I want to go race at Bandera down in Texas. Okay. Okay. I know people down there and I know people up here who want to go do that. And you make a big social event out of it. So um, it it really it really has been like if really you, great. If you bought it and did the virtual one, um, would you 100% to you, would that be like, I have to run the New York Marathon now? Because, I mean, you could do it and then just have it kind of in your head where you could always back out or like, I don't know, put a date on it. Like, well... By this date, you have to have decided that I want to do the New York Marathon or I want to do something else. Well, if I if I do that, yeah, I'm I'm gonna do it okay. because there's, I mean, uh, virtual races were great to get us through the pandemic. 
Yeah, but people seem to think we still want them. <laughs> yeah. And I that's most of my Instagram feed now. It's like, do you want to do X, Y, or Z all on your own? I'm like, no. No. That seems terrible. <laughs> I don't. I don't need another tech shirt. I'm uh, good. You know, um, I I know it's I, there. You know, there are some virtual races that are like for a cause that you know. Okay, maybe I'll I'll throw you the money for the for the cause, but even really then, care. like I feel like there's always going to be one in person that's for a cause. There was one yeah. I almost did with a friend, and then she, for whatever reason, we couldn't pull it <laughs> off, so I just didn't do it. Like just yeah. I can run on my own anytime. A race is like a community event, kind of like you yeah. said. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, if I do it, it's just, it's just kind of, it would be as a way to have a firmer idea of what I'm doing in the fall of 2024. All right. Fair. Um, because I I do want to run New York at some point. Um, I've heard nothing but good things, but the lottery is really, it's like a, I think it's like a one in five chance of getting picked. Wow. And, and that's a one in five chance on any given year. So you're rolling that dice every year. It's not like, okay, your odds were one in five this year. Next year, your odds are better. No. Um, so you can go a very long time without getting picked. And so it's like, if I want to run it and I, you know, we want to make a weekend of it, uh, let's just do, I'll just do the virtual, I'll get the guaranteed entry and we can just know, next year but um it's something eric and i got to talk about a little bit more mm-hmm. um but uh i don't know what else i would do um at that time of year anyways but uh, we'll see um how did i get down the new york marathon oh we were uh, talking about Sugar community. Badger. yeah hot dog costume hot dog costume um so then after Sugar Badger, this past weekend, was the Kettle Moraine 100. And I went to, um, I went up there. So it's it starts uh, at the same place and shares a lot of the same uh, trail as the, um, as the Ice Age that I did. Okay. Except okay. it's 100 miles instead of 50 miles. <laughs> um and it's uh the course is like the course goes a little different and it goes a much further north mm. and so my buddy paul from my running club he was he signed up for it and um he was you know he i went up and paced him and it's kind of cool like the way um uh, so uh, that they do it there. The The race director is Michelle Hartwig of Ornery Mule Racing. And she's got this, um, she allows you to take pacers from the start finish line, which is a hundred K. And um, although there, there's one or two other spots you could grab a pacer before that, depending on the time. But generally you, you're going to grab your pacer at the hundred K mark. Okay. Um, so, she had now you don't have to do this but she has this um she calls it the 38 mile fun run okay okay so it's a non-competitive uh division and it's a kind of largely for pacers um so that you can um 
Uh, but you can, you don't have to be basic. You can go do a solo fun run. Like, and I was, I was thinking about doing it regardless so that I could get, you know, that overnight run and, mm-hmm. and train and, you know, the terrain is very different from Badger. It's, you know, it's actually more hills. Is it's it? single track. It's rocky. It's rooty. Oh. It's up and down. It's, um, it's a rough run. <laughs> Okay. You beat yourself up a bit. Um, but still, the overnight experience was good. Um, so you can do it yourself, but I, I did run it with my runner, Paul. And it's kind of nice, though, because like if if you're if you want to go pace someone and you want to run it, too, mm-hmm. if your runner drops, your day's done. You know, if you've got a bib. You can still go do your run if you want to do it. So the 38 miles was basically for all the pacers who just kind of like, all right, you've paced, your runner's done, but you could also go do this now. Um. Well, no, you you would only do that. You wouldn't pace and then go do the 38 mile. Mm-hmm. You would like, but it, if your if your runner gets to 100k and they say they're done, mm-hmm. um, you could still go out. Okay. Or okay. if you if you just want to do the fun run, you could go do it. Because like if you, you know, if you if you take off with just a pacer bib, um, you know, technically they don't. If you're not with a runner, they're not. They can tell you no. Right. At an aid station, as far as getting food and supplies, and then like, well, you're not actually part of the race. You're not with a runner. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I don't know. Maybe they would do it. Maybe they wouldn't. Um, um, but, uh, you know, it's kind of nice though with having that, that bib, like, no, I'm a registered runner. Mm -hmm. And so I'm entitled to everything at the aid station that any runner would be. Um, so it's kind of cool. Um, it's also uh, a convenient way to uh, get your pacers to pay some money. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it was a really good time. Uh, my runner, I got, he was just a champ. He really was. And at mile 20, somewhere between mile 22 and mile 23, I couldn't keep up with him anymore. And he and the other pacer took off. And he went and he finished under 24 hours. Wow. Um, which was uh, really impressive. So um, good job on him. So, yeah, I mean, that that was – and that was a pretty hefty week for me. The, um, and But my recovery has been good. I actually went out last night to run. Um, so that was three days – it was four days post-race, I guess. Okay. Um, and you know, if I was my quads were wrecked, um, for two days, but uh, do you stretch? I've always meant to ask. Like, are you a big stretch person or no? I am not a big stretch person. Okay, because I I am, but I I've heard the arguments on both sides of the coin to the point where I just ignore all of them and do whatever I want. But I'm always really interested to hear if people like doing it or not. I mean. Stretching feels good, um, and I think there there are definitely, um, I think stretching 
helps very specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they're the, it's, I don't have like evidence yeah. to, to back either way. I've just, st- when I started, we were big stretchers mm-hmm. and that was the thing. And then I think like somewhere in my twenties, I started noticing articles like, do you need to stretch? Question mark, question mark, question yeah. mark. And I was like, doesn't matter. I'm still going to do it. Yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't matter where that pendulum is going to swing. Your good friend Sass will be stretching somewhere. <laughs> um, but I'm just always really curious if people, when they start running, do they, do they stretch? Do they stretch before? I know people who stretch just after or they just stretch what hurts. And yeah. When so. I've, when I've gotten to PT, I mean, the PT has always had some component of stretching to it. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so I, you know, I've read countless articles on how like, uh, static stretching really doesn't help you at all. And, if you are going to stretch, do a little dynamic stretching as part of your warm up, and mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, I think there's grains of truth in all of it. It's, um, but I'm I'm bad about it, not because I don't believe in it or don't want to do it, just because it's one of those things that I can't keep remembering to do. For me, the more important thing is to make sure I'm doing some uh, strength work with my hips mm-hmm. and glutes. As, so as long as I'm doing that, that helps a lot. Because I think that imbalance with your hip flexors is what gives me the most trouble. Well, I used to, I used to stretch before I run. Mm-hmm. I'd run and then I would have a longer stretch afterwards. Okay. Uh, now I, I have like a very brief little stretch routine I do every morning, mostly because my calves are really tight at all times. Yeah. And then I will stretch after a run. Yeah. Um, oh, but it's funny. If you ask my roommate, she'll notice like when I'm bored, I just start stretching because I want to be like moving around a little. I'm kind of twitchy. But I'm always really, again, I'm always really interested, like, when I talk to anybody who exercises, like, does stretching help you? Because at the end of the day, that's that's really why you would want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's weird because it, it's funny that how the science on that, um, well, I don't know if it's even the science on it, but how the discourse on it has changed just in our lifetimes. Yeah, because that's always my question. Like, is it a science thing? Is it just like a discussion thing? Did people get lazier? Did people not get lazier? Like, I do not care what the answer is, because like I said, Sass will stretch till she dies. But like, I'm always just really curious, like what makes this thing swing one way or the other? Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's, there's like, there's a lot of things in, like, in the world like that too. It's like, it doesn't, we definitely should have read an article before we brought this up, or I should have because I brought it up. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, listen. It. I mean, my my entire world revolves around bullshitting. Um, <laughs> you know, without with very minimal warning. So, um, I constantly feel like I'm tap dancing throughout the day. Is what I say. <laughs> so, the trick is to just ask enough questions that you can figure out what they're actually talking about. Make direct eye contact and just look really calm about Mm -hmm. the whole thing. Tell me more. Interesting. Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. we'll try that. Sure. To to shreds, you say. (laughs) But I'm sorry. Okay, so you've done a sugar badger. I keep hitting my mic. Paste. Hmm? I keep hitting my mic. Oh. (laughs) There's going to be a good, like, three-minute stretch of this where people are just going to... He keeps hitting the mic. It's unbearable. What is he doing? (laughs) Yeah. 
All right. So what were you up to after that? Um, well, that brings us to this week. So um, now I'm, you know, kind of just trying to take it a little easy this week, make sure I'm recovered. Mm-hmm. Um, next week I head out to California um, to crew and pace um, at Western States. And then after that, it's, uh, you know, two, I think it'll be two more weeks of build. And then the descent into Badger. It's getting close. I'm really curious because we're coming up to it. We're coming up to the Badger. Do you think about it at all? Or, like, have you noticed that, oh, that makes me anxious. I don't want to think about it. Like, considering... Considering that this was, like you said, this was a podcast that was supposed to go like to till Tunnel Hill. Yeah. And we've gone far past that. Like, have you thought at all about the additional kind of training you added onto this or, or how you think the upcoming race is going to go? Or are you kind of keeping that in a box to unpack later? Oh, no, I'm thinking about it. Awesome. <laughs> constantly. I don't know how people don't think about things constantly. So yeah. I go for it. I, I No, I just absolutely, it, it, dominates um it dominates my day it really does are you worried that what happened last time is going to happen again or because you you've got now more training under your belt than you did the first time you did this yes i've got a lot more training i think i've trained better Mm -hmm. um my my volume i don't think has been as high as i would have liked it to be Mm -hmm. um but I'm still very, I I feel very good with my running. I can see the improvements I've made um, in my base and my cardio. And um, so as far as the the running part of it is concerned, um, I am, I I actually feel pretty good about that. And um, to the point that, I'm actually a little concerned of like getting a little lackadaisical with it in these final few weeks of build. Mm-hmm. Um, but not really. But you know, it's um, you know, I was thinking about this. Uh, I think it was April. I had my biggest uh, mileage ever. Okay. In a month, and I felt great after april yeah um whereas the last time i did that i was absolute garbage Mm -hmm. um which i think it was in december um where i did 200 some miles in the month Mm -hmm. and then in january just like right after i felt like like i was really struggling i felt really beat up and april i did like 220 miles and i was like no, I'm good. I'm cruising. Like, okay. no problems. Um, so, it's I, I'm really happy with how the training's gone. Um, it 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 does give me anxiety a little bit um, going into Badger. Not because I don't think I can physically do it, but because. There are so many things that can go wrong. Okay. Um, and it is of a distance that, you know, there are things that can happen that 
you're not going to be able to push through. Um, and the the great thing about Badger is it's 36 hour cutoff. Um, I mean, that's a 20 minute mile. That's okay. just that's walking pace. So as long as you can keep moving, you can finish. Um, but it is, um, you know, there are there are the other intangible, like the other things that could go wrong. And you know, I just did the overnight at Tunnel Hill. I or not Tunnel <laughs> Kettle Moraine, and I got sleepies around two a.m. But I took a little caffeine and I was good. So I I, I feel pretty good about the getting through the night mm-hmm. um, aspect of it. Um, but so like in the back of my head, I'm like, like, I'm I'm telling myself there is no reason like the you you have what you need to finish it. Okay. I mean, it's really just showing up on race day, executing, and not quitting. Okay. But. Like, I think about how much I've put into it coming up to now and how much it's how much it has dominated everything I've done. And like the idea of not finishing the idea that um, I would have to identify another race to go and try again. And try to fix whatever I did wrong again. Because you, you, that's what you would do. You would try again. Yeah? You you would be like, I gotta, I, I have a goal and I have to hit I, it. I would. Um, After all this, you're like, well, I have all the training under my belt. There's no reason to not. I, I can't, I can't imagine the scenario where something happens, I don't finish, and I say, no, I'm not going to try again. Okay. Um. So... And it's just been, it's just been so much energy put into it. It's not even the time. Like, thinking about it, um, it, it's not, I haven't, have I really spent that much more time training for this than I did, say, you know, the Sugar Badger the first time I did it last year? Not really. Um, but there has been this, this large amount of like emotional investment that has gone into it. You know, the first time I went, when I went to Tunnel Hill, there wasn't, there wasn't this huge emotional investment into it. And it's probably part of the reason I failed Mm. at Tunnel Hill. Um, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't have. Uh, I, you know, it just was like, and I had no, like I'd gotten to Tunnel Hill and I'd finished everything that I had tried up until that point. So, you know, in my mind, you know, I, I don't think I had any, I, I could not have anticipated how I would react to a DNF, um, or, you know, what that would do to my drive to want to finish one and so like 
the idea of going through this again, mm-hmm. trying trying to finish a first again, is just like that idea like is very daunting. And so that part I'm trying not to think about okay. because that does no good. Right. Um, but I can't deny that it's there. You know? I think it'd be very strange if it wasn't there. I will also say the the older I get, the more that I am very firm in my belief that like anything just requires time and practice. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm not saying that there's, there's nothing that could happen, but I'm going to be really shocked if if you if I get a text from you and you're like, oh, my God, I couldn't finish it. Like, I'm going to be really floored because you've just put so much more training into it. You have such more a more solid base. Mm-hmm. And you, like you said, you've been running like last year. This was like a first time shot. You know, we're going to see how we do it. You're going to see how you train. Mm-hmm. And now you have just have so much. I was really fascinated by the conversation we had. I want to say it was last podcast where you were telling me like, hey, you know, I. I would have, I realized I didn't eat enough calories at one point and my body was kind of crashing. Whereas before I would have panicked, now I knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. So that story, Bob, is actually what is fueling my entire belief that you are going to be fine because you have so much more experience and knowledge in what you're trying to do now. Yeah. Well, here's. <laughs> yeah, uh, fingers crossed. Fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. Knock wood. <laughs> well, you know, and then I'll be at a race with. Um, absolutely uh unparalleled support Mm -hmm. and um around a lot of people i know um who will be there supporting me um along the way so i'm you know i'm i'm excited for it and um and it it kind of i mean it kind of talks it kind of gets around to like the more as we get closer to it and we've got something, you know, and I'm thinking about actually, actually executing it. Um, it kind of starts, it's been reminding me a lot about other things in my life that, um, that I think are a lot of the drivers Okay. for what I'm doing here. You know, when superficially, when I think about like my story and why I got into running, it was because I saw a bunch of trail runners on YouTube doing silly things and I wanted to do that too. And I knew I had to get in shape. So that's why I started doing it. And that's not untrue. But it's 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 not the it's not the full story, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. I mean, the the full story dives deeper into a lot of trauma that I've dealt with, and I think my my journey in running. Um, that boy, that sounds so douchey. This ah, it's your, your journey in running. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a, it also sounds like one of those late night commercials. Like, welcome to your journey in running. That if I ever write a book about running, it'll be my journey in writing. What a douchey thing to say. What a douchey thing to say. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so I started running the summer after Izzy was born. And, um, you know, she was in the NICU for 10 weeks. And then she, you know, when she was, the day she was born, we we found out that she has a pretty um, rare and serious condition, and I and, and when I tell you, we found out the day of Sass, I was in the OR, mm. and the doctor looked at me and said, "Your daughter has this. Okay, this is serious." So, like th- that that moment is just etched in my mind. Okay. And I mean, leading up to that, all of the complications Erica had with her pregnancy in the first place. Um, so it, you know, that, that event, um, really, uh, started to break me. Okay. And, um, then we we forward into um the 2020 and um you know Izzy's doing well I'm back to work actually going downtown and then COVID hits oh god yeah (laughs) and we're all sequestered home and I don't think I don't think COVID itself like hit me that particularly bad um oddly enough but uh there were there was another event at work that I absolutely cannot talk about but it was very traumatic for me mm-hmm. and that nearly broke me too it sounds like you had kind of one and then a couple months would go by and then another one and then a couple right. months would go by and just kind of got, you know, beat up a little bit. So I think it was, it was like around June of 2020 when I, I just said, I need something. And, um, that's when I did the couch to 5k. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I did that and, I mean, the joke has always been that, like, oh, Bob started couch to 5K and then he just never stopped. <laughs> just uh, kept going. Just kept going. <laughs> um, but, you know, I got through that. And then it would, I think, honestly, it was like, I can't stop, like, doing this because I need this. And I need something to keep pushing me forward. And I, you know, I suppose I could have gone down the route of trying to do 5k better, but to, in my mind, it was always, no, I just need to keep going further and further and mm-hmm. further. And so that's what pushed me, um, down the line. And I remember very distinctly. So like right about the time I, was wrapping up the 5k training um was when Izzy had her surgery okay and we were in Columbus and uh that um 
that moment of being there was just there's there's a picture I have of her um, from that stay at the hospital where she's just got the biggest smile on her face and she's sitting there she's holding this cube toy and uh, my uh, my phone knows it really does because it, it it like puts it in my photos to remind you of like every day. Oh, um, <laughs> your phone is just looking out for your emotional like, well-being, Bob. Um, but you know, I I was there and I remember that that photo is one of my favorite photos, and it's it's just bizarre because it's juxtaposed with with like this this terrible moment of the night after her surgery I was in the room with her and um and Erica was across the street so that hospital has a Ronald McDonald house across the street and uh and I I was in the hospital with her that night and you know she woke up in the middle of the night and was just screaming in pain oh and there's there's nothing you could do mm-hmm. and like i remember holding her through that and it was um it was the worst feeling it sounds like it was just very stressful yeah it was it was it was extremely stressful and the only thing I had um, to get away from all of that, that trip, was running. Mm-hmm. I, there was this little park right in front of the hospital. I think the loop around it is a third of a mile. And every night for those 14 uh, days we were there, or however long it was, um, I just went and ran around it. And so that... That is what running was for me. It was a way to to deal with that trauma, um, and and to get past it. Um, then you know, I, and so you know, I kept going, and I it worked up to ten k, and then I decided I wanted to do the marathon, and I kind of just kept pushing further and further mm-hmm. and it at some point um I kind of got to a point where um I was starting I was starting to think about doing harder things like I I had signed up for Tunnel Hill right when registration opened okay so that was like it was like in, in December and uh, in December, so I, I knew I'm running Tunnel Hill next year. So I had all year to think about it, right? And I think that in part, 
started getting me to think about other things and like things in my life that I was not particularly happy with. Okay. So like um, the one example that is really easy for me to go back to is that I never got my Eagle Scout. Okay. Okay. I've heard that's pretty hard to, to complete actually. Oh yeah, especially for a teenager, it's it, it takes it takes a lot. It does it takes some it takes dedication and discipline to do all the merit badges you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um and um and then you've got to do your Eagle Scout project. Um and that is, it's not a small feat. It it's it's a really um it's really an accomplishment and uh you know i just i i just couldn't get it done i got to life scout which is right before eagle and um uh and it that's that's always been one of my regrets in life that i never finished my eagle scout Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do about that. Okay. okay once you once you hit 18, you age out. Oh. Okay. Okay. It's it's done. There, you know you can't. Um, there's no going back. There's no. Uh, I mean, Boy Scouts of America is desperate for money. I bet if I had enough money, ah! if you call them right now, they'd be like, "Sure, yeah. How much you want to sure. donate?" <laughs> but, um, but yeah. So like, and that that's. So that's sitting there and that's eating at me. And um, so now, like, I've got this thing going in my head of like, and I felt like there there have been many other examples in my life of where, like, I failed to do something that I wanted to do. And like that, and I've always had trouble. I'm very good at getting started on things. I've always struggled with actually bringing something to completion, mm-hmm. which I think in part is a lot of the reason why I like a movie or uh, a TV series that ends. It's a, it's a sensation that I'm not good at making happen for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the reasons I like racing so much is oh, because there's, there's an end. There's an end. You get to the end of a race. It's done. You know, and you can move on. You can decide to go on and do more races. You can decide not to, but it doesn't matter. That story is done. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a level of satisfaction that it's hard to get anywhere else. You're not going to get it at work, um, you know, because projects never end. Mm -hmm. And if they do end, it means you lost the client. So you failed. So there's... There's also that never-ending worry of, like, you want to be good at your job, but you are constantly worried, like, God, if I'm too good at this job, sometimes you are just rewarded with more work. More work. Right. So, you know, it's kind of like, it's all of these things that have, like, just made running so important to me and then it's now, but now it's dredging up other stuff. And that's about, 
that was about the time I started going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the course of going through therapy, like, you know, I, I came to find out um, that I have ADHD. Mm. Um, and then thanks to some interesting side effects, I then came to find out I have hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's this whole like cascade of things. That it's always fun going to a therapist and finding out like the way you are is actually like a thing that yeah. they can help with. Right. She's like, are you kidding? I made it to adulthood and nobody thought to be like, actually, there's some stuff you can do about this. Well, and that I think is what, what has real, what like nearly broke me again. Um, because one, there was that initial like, when the therapist was like, "Bob, you're not bipolar, mm-hmm. you're ADHD." Like, I was my initial reaction to that was just pure anger. Did you did you think you had been bipolar before this? Had somebody told you that? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um. And that that nearly. That nearly destroyed. Like, I was so angry mm-hmm. about that whole thing. And I just, I, all I could, all I could think about for a solid week was that, that is like 15 plus years of me suffering with this that could have been so much better. Well, you think about like, oh my God, the, uh, you this was so hard. It didn't have to be this hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had this really hard time X, Y, or Z. Maybe I had that hard time and couldn't shake it because of this. Mm-hmm. Like you, you do. You start cataloging all of the ways that this has really f- affected your life physically, mentally, like affected your relationships. No, the anger makes sense, I think. Yeah. So, you know, so there was that. And I, you know, I... I was actually proud of myself. I got over that pretty quickly. Okay, that's good. And moved on. Um what what that whole the whole um the whole ordeal, everything since then. Since I, I got that diagnosis, there's there's been this there's been something that's been kind of sitting there. That I've never dealt with, really. Okay. Um, that kind of, per like it. It's something I I generally try not to think about. I try not to go there because when I do, I go to a a very dark place. But it, it it's also something that's it's very difficult. Um. It, it it's it's not something that can just stay buried forever. Mm, okay. And um and what I've been finding is um that lately I have been asking myself questions about my abilities to actually finish hard things and my my kind of my ethos has been I can finish what I start. This is this is that's my mantra okay. that I'm trying to stick to. Um 
but what what I keep coming back to that kind of haunts me is what happened um is the trauma that I deal with in regards to my mother mm-hmm. um and this is something i've I've really struggled with you know how much to say, what to say publicly, um, how to acknowledge it. Um, But the, I I was, I was listening to a podcast recently, um, a shock and surprise of everyone. It was an interview on 10 Junk Miles, what? Um, what? You, you like that podcast? <laughs> Shock, right? <laughs> um, and it was a really, um, it was a really triggering, uh, interview for me. So it was with, um, it was with, uh, Nora Bird, who, if you don't know about Nora Bird. Um, give her a look up, um, really cool person. And, uh, she does, uh, she's a phenomenal runner. Um, she does a lot of, uh, she does, uh, coaching and she runs the, um, the aid station that is, uh, the last aid station before the finish at the Badger, um, which also makes it the first aid station, for most runners on the way out <laughs> as well. Um, but the hundred milers start, uh, in Orangeville, not in Belleville. So uh, anyways, I'm making that more complicated. Um, and, and Nora's story, um, really, it reminded me a lot of my story with my mother and, um, you know, I won't tell Nora's story. You can go listen to that podcast. But the my mother's story um, is that she was an addict. Mm. Um, she she had the very unfortunate combination of uh, she had legitimate pain and was an addict. Um, so she had, she had had a number of, uh, hip surgeries. She had her hip replaced and like had to have it redone a number of times. Uh, and you know, she, she just, she just really, she struggled with addiction for a very long time. And, you know, part of that, um, uh, just came from a a rough upbringing, and um, and, and just followed her her whole life. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's interesting because I think about it, and I, I think about how angry I've been at um, like that I didn't know I had ADHD. Um, that I was never really tested for it and that when I did go see a psychiatrist 
in college that I got a misdiagnosis and um, I think about not getting my Eagle Scout and I felt I felt like a lot of the reason I didn't get my Eagle Scout was because we moved very uh, we moved right before I started high school and you know um, that just made getting to my Boy Scout troop a nightmare and I didn't you know my my parents weren't like they were definitely supportive of me being in scouts but they never pushed me mm. and um and I, I i felt some resentment towards that um and knowing what i know now about um you know that i have i, I can't focus on things and um and, and stay with it like I I have had a fair amount of resentment about that but looking back on it now and with like uh, the clarity and and being able in what what helped was in hearing Nora's story really helped me kind of accept some of these things and that, I think that's the reason why this story I'm willing to share because if anyone else hears this if it helps one other person, it's worth it. Yeah. And, you know, I see now, like, it, it's become so much clearer to me that my parents moving out of New Jersey, that was them trying to save us from their childhood and what they went through. And the fact that I even got to Life Scout is a testament to how much they put in. Um, and uh, it, it just, uh, you know, what they got me out of, out of the house and off to school in Boston and, um, and then I, I, I almost feel like that was, they were like, okay, we got, we got one out. Mm. And, uh, though certainly they didn't like give up on my siblings or anything, but I think there was a, there was a marked difference in how my siblings were treated versus how I was. Um, and I also had for some reason I always had this like idea that I needed to, I wanted to go away. Mm -hmm. Like I, I knew like staying in Pennsylvania was not for me. Um, and so I went away and then I bounced around the country for a little bit and I ended up back in Pennsylvania for a couple years. My mom was having, um, pretty severe problems. She she went through a a, a series of seizures, um, and uh, she was having uh, she was having lots of problems with addiction. She was, I think, she was in rehab twice. Okay. Um, and so I, it 
one point I went back home uh, because one, things weren't working out for me um, in my crazy world, but also because they they just genuinely needed the help. And um, and I remember, you know, I remember going through events where. Like my mom came to pick me up from a bar once because I had been drinking and she was so fucked up. Like, what are what are you doing behind the wheel of oh, a car? Okay, okay. Um and she like she, she had slid off the road on the way home and fortunately she got up and back out before any cops showed up. Um but it was it there was so many so many instances of like having to call the ambulance because something happened mm-hmm. um and i i think what I, you know all of that trauma mm-hmm. i just i think i had convinced myself that you know that it wasn't that bad okay that no everybody goes through this right um like this is just okay i just you know had to grow up and deal with it and you know and and as i look back on it it's like no (laughs) that was not okay and very very stressful for you probably it reached just being a kid with all of that like not being able to count on your mom it sounds like and and i'll say like most of that was like later like after college Mm. but um but you know that's what my especially my youngest brother mike who's 11 years younger than me that he was going through and um and it, it it was really just kind of um it was it was tough to deal with you know as somebody who had grown up a little bit i mean him as a as a teenager i you know i can't imagine what he was going through in his head um but we so you know the 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 scream fights that I had with my mother, the drugs, um, uh, without going into too much detail, there were a number of incidents that, um, were bad. There was one incident that, um, after it happened, um, I, the next day when I woke up and was, pleasantly uh, alive I got a bus ticket to Chicago and I just left Um, all of that trauma and I I just I never really I never really I I ran from it is what I did Mm -hmm. and then it you know and it all culminated um, in you know, about two years later, um, and, 
Okay. Mom lost her her fight with addiction. Um, I'm really sorry to hear that, Bob. That must have been real tough for you, and probably still is. Just very hard for for you to even talk about it. Yeah. It's. It was. I was actually thinking about it the the other day. It was just, it was the day after her birthday. Okay. And um, her birthday um, always fell on or right around Thanksgiving, and um, and I wasn't home for it. Um, I couldn't get back home for Thanksgiving that year, and. Um, so, you know, I, of course, had the, the guilt uh, surrounding that. And um, and I remember, like, I, I got the call in the middle of the night, and I knew my grandmother had been staying there mm-hmm. that night. And, you know, she was in her late 80s, you know, and, and, and my dad got on the phone and said, mom is dead and he's very upset and and in my head that translated to he's saying his mom is dead oh okay okay and so at first I thought it was my grandmother and so I was I was upset but I wasn't I was like okay but I'm been waiting for this and and to a certain extent and then I realized that's not what he said and uh, so the so there's this weird thing has happened with running that it has it has forced me to deal with all these things. Okay, that can't be easy. No. You know, it's, it just, it brings them back and, and going for, going to finish a hundred miles, something I have failed at once already and I know is going to be extremely difficult, it, it just really brings back all of these things um it and progresses them and I think it's a good thing I think it's good that I am starting to deal with these things yeah but I it, I think it speaks a lot to why one of the reasons why this is as hard as it is um is because you know it it's it's going to it's going to put you in your head with your own thoughts on the trail when you're out doing you know a 6 hour training run it's going to bring these thoughts back up in your mind when you're running overnight 
and you're by yourself, it's going to it's going to feed on any every self doubt that you have mm-hmm. and and remind you of the the things that have happened in your life that you may not want to think about okay and that because it's not just it's not the running 100 miles part I mean, you need you need you need to have that base fitness. Like, you can't just go out and do a hundred mile, or um, or at least the vast majority of people can't. You know, um, you do have to have, you do have to have trained. You do have to do the work, but it's the it's that a, a, it's that emotional part of it that is a lot harder to prepare for. Um, but the payoff is also so great. I mean, I, I think about how great I felt after finishing the Sugar Badger. Mm-hmm. I was so proud of myself um, for what I had done. And... I think I I I truly think that that's what um that's what attracts um broken people to the sport of ultra running. Mm, okay. More so than marathoning and um and other running distances. Um you know it's a, it's a it's a way for us to to cope with that stuff and so when you so when people say like why do you do it um you know it's it's not a simple answer mm-hmm. and now certainly not everyone who runs ultras is is a broken person um you know especially if you look at um the younger crop of kids getting into the sport. Yeah. You know, and or like people who are professional athletes, stuff like that. But if you, you notice, you'll see like at these trailers, like people who get into running and ultra running late in life, relatively. And I, it makes so much more sense to me now. Why? Mm-hmm. I will say I know I I know a therapist who likes to say that there are no there's no such thing as a broken person that's just people who have are working to be better versions of the of themselves. Mhm. Yeah. Um I mean that sounds it sounds incredibly hard and it also it, it's also kind of marvelous in a way that this sport has kind of allowed you to see like well there's some stuff in here that I have to deal with that I haven't really looked at mm-hmm. um it's do you, and you like you said you've had moments out of this where you just feel like top of the world you know top of the mountain kind of a thing so it's it's interesting that it's such a mixed bag yeah i it's it's uh 
it it's crazy how um how the extremes work with it mm. you know it, it you can be extremely high and you can be extremely low shocked they don't call it extreme running and i'm not making a joke i'm actually <laughs> i'm actually like man maybe that would be a better word for this <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um well that was bob that was really personal and sounded very painful so thank you for sharing that like that could not have been easy but it, i mean I'm, I'm glad you talked about it oh and yeah I'm, thank you for listening i'm sure um certainly parts of that story are not easy to listen to either um it's uh but yeah i mean i've thought a lot about that and you know how how much of a difference it made for me to hear that from somebody else and to remind people that you're not alone in what you're dealing with yeah um and it's uh it's an absolutely terrible thing um to have to deal with um growing up and um but you know i i will say i i feel like i've heard some you know i've not heard a lot of these stories but the the few i have um there it doesn't always necessarily acknowledge the human behind the addiction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and uh you know uh, my mother was a wonderful person yeah um and uh i remember uh she took me to Paris as part of a school trip. Wow. And we went to, uh, I think it was like the, the night we got into Paris. We went to the Eiffel Tower. And if you've never been, um, there's kind of two levels. There's this big platform in the middle. And then if you want, you can pay the extra ticket to go all the way to the top. Um, our group had only um, said that or had only paid to go to the middle and we had other things to do. Um, and I said, I really want to go to the top. And so one of the, the few times on that trip, we had time to do something on our own. Uh, we went back to the Eiffel tower and, you know, I'm sure my mom would have loved to have done like 17 other things, (laughs) but she, you know, she went with me. Um, and we went back up to the top and, uh, that was a great trip. She Uh, sounds like she was lovely. She was. Um, but, uh, that's, uh, that's why, that's why I do. Okay. I mean, you, you you definitely the beginning of that like I I feel like you got you got hit a couple times with a couple different things, but it's 
not unusual i feel lately to kind of hear especially after the pandemic i feel like a lot of people had quite a lot of time to themselves Mm -hmm. with themselves yeah to kind of review and take stock of what's going on i mean just the amount of I, 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 this is mostly you hear this from me when I'm complaining, but lately I'll be like, man, everything's just really full. Everybody is at everything. Jesus, <laughs> don't they know I'm here and trying to enjoy myself? Yeah. But on the other hand, I think that's really fascinating because I do think a lot of things are, if I wanted to be very cynical about it, I could be like, oh, well, events are just overbooking. But I also think that, that people just kind of looked at their lives and went like, well, I always said I wanted to to run a marathon and I never did. Well, now yeah. I'm going to. I always said I wanted to go to a comic book convention. I went to uh, C2E2 in Chicago this year. They sold out, which is the big comic book convention. It was insane. I've never seen that many nerds in one spot. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. But it was also like, holy shit. Like, I need to go back to my hotel room and take a break. And so, I mean, Bob, you definitely sound like you got... Uh, excuse the metaphor punched in the face like three four times in a row and then the pandemic hit (laughs) yeah um so i am very sorry to hear that but i i i do think it's very interesting that out of that came you know this this new hobby that led you to kind of understanding a little bit more about yourself yeah and um yeah it's i you know i aside from the impact on my bank account thanks to (laughs) running shoes Uh, you did the last text i have from you is from tuesday night and i think it just says like you know know, dsw is having a sale on running shoes (laughs) i was like oh thank you for telling me (laughs) yes hey listen when you can see when you get running shoes under fifty dollars like real running shoes jump on that yeah (laughs) jump all over it um have have you been running i have been i've still been doing my lunch runs i've been doing it on the weekends i don't know what i did i don't know if i stretched it it feels like i finally stretched something that has been tight for months because Mm. now it just aches (laughs) (laughs) my hips are kind of aching and i'm like oh god this means i gotta take a break and do a day of yoga that's fine but i am also kind of like like what unwound jeez but the weather has just been absolutely beautiful, so yeah, I've been keeping up with the lunch runs. Nice, it's very lovely. I'm excited to run tonight. It's it's uh, the temperature is uh, supposed to drop quite a bit, so oh, it's so nice. It's like in the right now. I want to say it was like 65 when I rolled in a couple hours ago, so it'll yeah. be a beautiful, probably like 55 for you while yeah. you're running. Oh, it's gonna be oh, so it's nice. Such good. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's fun. I actually went through all of my running clothes a couple days ago and just cleaned it out, donated anything that was like, this doesn't fit anymore or like this can be trashed. Um, And in my head it was because like, well, this just means I can buy more running leggings, Mm -hmm. all the running leggings. (laughs) Oh yes. Running gear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I saw a kettle um, there. The other guy who was pacing, with me um had this shirt from a company called rabbit okay and i was like that's a nice looking shirt he's like, <laughs> he's like where'd you yep. get it <laughs> um he says super comfortable i said interesting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i was really upset because i didn't have any cell phone signal uh, so i couldn't order one right then and there yeah that's rough um you know it's just really really frustrating that i had to wait Till I got home. Don't they know who you are? 
Then just the bat signal go out. They're like, Bob wants something. Like, oh my god! Like everybody get together, get together. We've already got his card, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, he sent it. It's in the system. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> he just has to give the nod. Hey, <laughs> oh the bat signals up. All right, put it through. Put it through. He he doesn't guys. He doesn't pay for expedited shipping. That's the only thing. <laughs> it's regular shipping. I know, I know, but still. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, uh, I think we, we said next was uh, I'm out the Western States. Um, and then we'll be winding down. Um, and so, yeah, I think I can't remember what day we scheduled the next one, but we'll have... Um, we should have one more uh, episode in here before Badger. Um, I'm showing July 26th because I think we're going to do it right before the Badger. Right before. Okay. And then we got one. Are we doing one more after? One after. I, it ain't, I don't know that we scheduled that one, but okay, we're doing one more because that yeah. would be dumb for us to not. Yeah, we'll just, <laughs> leave, we'll just leave it on a cliffhanger. <laughs> did yeah. he? Did he not? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like a series on Netflix. You're never getting season four. <laughs> Just make it up in your head. <laughs> oh man! Well, and uh, so for Badger, um, yeah, I, I don't believe it's this close now. Oh, like time is just flying. So, um, anything else you wanted to cover today, Sass? No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. All right. Um. So yeah, we will. Um. We will catch you all. Uh, in about a month and uh, you know if uh, anyone uh, listening to this is currently doing something incredibly uh, interesting like running across uh, Alabama um, hi and I hope you're having fun (laughs) I hope you all make it you're all gonna make it guys Um, and yeah so thank you for uh, thank you for listening And uh, have a great day. Goodbye.